0: Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm-hmm. He's so good. He's, good. So, He's good. so good. Praise the Lord. You know, um, one of our, well, our spiritual father, spiritual mentor in the faith, Brother Kenneth Hagan, he, he heard from the Lord one time, and the Lord was dealing with him that, that the churches. Should he, he wanted the, the churches, his people, to have the best buildings in town. And um, so, one of the reasons we're sewing into somebody else's building is we, we, want, we just want them to know how much we love the things of God and the people of God, and that, that we just want everybody to be prospering and growing. And it, it's, what's important to God is important to us. Amen? Amen. If you would, this morning, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. You know, we we prepare messages when 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 it's whether it's myself ministering or my husband ministering. We we spend time with the Lord. We uh, we want to hear from Him what what direction we're supposed to go. Um, we'll we'll write things down. We, we might take some notes. We might put some scriptures down. But when we get here, we are ever looking to our spirit to make sure that we're saying what the Lord would want us to say for the people who are here and so um, part of that doing that is um, when people's hearts in the congregation are open to hear or we could say this another way hungry when they're hungry to hear you know when you get hungry naturally for food Praise the Lord. I can't talk about that too much this morning because I didn't really eat much this morning. So, uh, But when you get hungry for food, what, what do you start to do? You start to think about food, right? Yeah. <laughs> start to think about what restaurants might be open right now. Yes. You might start to think about what you have in the refrigerator, what's, you know, what you got at the grocery store last time. And you might think, mm, not much in there. We better start looking at the restaurants. You start thinking about it. When you're hungry for the things of God, you start thinking about him, yes. his things, yes. his word. Yes. And you know, your hunger for God can increase. Yes, it, Amen. Can. it can grow. Amen. And uh, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus, we looked at this last week, but we're going to start uh, springboard off here from what we uh, ministered last week. Jesus was uh, giving what they call the Sermon on the Mount. The only reason they call it that is because he climbed a mountain to Preach the sermon. So sermon on the mount. Got it? It's not that difficult. (laughs) He's on the mountain. He actually sits down and ministers to the people uh, from the mountainside. And he starts saying things to these people that they had never really heard before. He starts changing the way that they're thinking. And uh, t- showing them that this, this thing he's talking about called the kingdom of God, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be different than you thought it was going to be. You know, I was raised in a church that they, they taught some good things. It was, it was a Christian church. They would, you know, they called themselves a Christian church. And, and they, they taught some things about being a good person, about, about doing good works. Uh, they taught about what Jesus did on the earth. And they, they taught, you know, you should love your neighbor like you love yourself, that type of thing. They taught some good things, but um, they didn't take it very much further than just being a good person. And Jesus was trying to get people here who had been raised in the Jewish faith, right? They've been raised under what we call the old covenant. He was trying to get them to think a little bit differently. And he's saying, what you used to know just being a good person, just doing the right things, just, just following what they used to call the law, you know, the do's and the don'ts, right? The Ten Commandments, you know, thou shalt not kill, steal. We all know those are things we shouldn't do, right? Right. But Jesus came and he said, this is going a little bit further now. You need to think a little bit differently. And he starts off by uh, saying things like in verse 3, Matthew 5, verse 3, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. That's what we were just talking about, right? You can be hungry for the things of God. You can, be, you can be thirsty for Him, Amen. for His ways, for His word. Blessed, Jesus said, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied, satisfied. This is one of my favorite verses. Praise the Lord. I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I told you I was raised in church, but no one ever told me that I was supposed to talk to Jesus and say, "Lord, I ask you to be my Lord. Come into my life. Open my heart." I did that at age 18. At age 18, I asked him to be my Lord. And you know what he did? He did what we just read in Romans 5 during the offering. He poured his love into me. And he does that to all of us when we receive him. Mm-hmm. And, and then I remembered this verse. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And from that day, February 18th, I won't tell you the year, but it was a long time ago, when I was 18. From that day until this, I have endeavored to stay hungry. Mm -hmm. Hungry for him. Hungry for his things. And do you know what that means? That means I'm ever being satisfied with more. You know, you might say, well, how can that be? You're hungry, you eat, you're done. Well, you get hungry a few hours later, don't you? In the natural? I'm sorry, but breakfast just doesn't take me through till 10 p.m. It just doesn't, that doesn't work for me. I like three meals a day with a few snacks in between, right? And the things of God should be that way to us. (laughs) we should be ever hungering and thirsting for him. And as I've gone in my walk with God, as I've grown in my walk with God, I've gotten hungrier. Mm -hmm. I've gotten thirstier for his things. Meaning, i i don 't just uh, want one meal a day i don 't just want one uh, meal on sunday morning i don 't you know just just coming to church once a week or every other once a month for some people that 's not enough no. that's right that 's not enough for me and and to think that you know when we first become a christian we're we 're excited about the things of god we 're learning about the things of god we're you know I have people that come sometimes uh, to uh, this church, to our past church, and they're, they're excited. They've, they've just learned about Jesus and received Jesus, so they and want, they want, they're like, can we meet on Friday night? Can we meet on Saturday night? Can we, what, what else can we do? What, you know? But, you know, after a month or two, uh, I don't even see them coming every Sunday morning. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No. Why is that? They have, uh, they have decided they don't need to be hungry and thirsty for the things of God anymore. Well, that's not us. That's, not, that's not, us. not us. That's not me. That's me. Jesus told us that if we'll stay hungry and if we'll stay thirsty, we'll be satisfied. Glory to God. I can be satisfied after having a good meal. Yes, absolutely. Right? but then I can have a good meal another few hours later and be satisfied again. That's Glory right. to God. That's Hallelujah. Right. And that's what he was saying. There's, there's this, this continual flow. The more we open up our heart and say, Jesus, I'm hungry for you. Lord, I want to know more about you. Lord, I, I'm open to all you have for me. The more you say things like that to him with a sincere heart, the more you'll get satisfied Amen. because the more he's going to show you, yes. the, the further yes. he's going to take you, the more you're going to see in the word. And that's who we want to be. Like my husband was saying, we're all in with this. We don't, we don't know any other way to serve God, to worship God, to uh, be a Christian than to be all in, right. yes. to be all in glory to God. Yeah. I don't know much about the game of poker, I just know on TV shows or movies there there comes a point where they take all their stack of chips you know which I guess represents money and they push it in and they say I'm all in right? I'm all all in. in. What I'm saying they're putting everything they've got on the table so to speak they're they're betting on it. We're not betting on the things of God. We know the things of God work (laughs) we're putting our whole Our whole life in him. And he satisfies. He satisfies. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's all for free. That wasn't the verse we were getting to. Verse 7 says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Verse 8 says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We uh, began ministering last week on this this idea of a pure heart, purity of heart. And honestly, um, verse 6 ties right along, being hungry and thirsting for Him, that ties right along with what He was saying about having a pure heart. What does that mean? God wants more than just our actions, just our showing up on Sunday morning, just our telling people or marking on a form when it says, what faith are you? He wants more than you just saying, I'm Christian. Right? 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 I told you I wasn't saved till I was 18, but I, I mean, I argued with people before that. I'm Christian. Why? Because I was raised going to church. You know, going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Does not make you a Christian. It's a decision of your heart. That's right. Amen. Yeah. It's a decision of your heart, and it becomes your way of life. That's right. Yes. Amen. Christ in you. Living in you, no, no. It it's radical. Yeah, yeah, it is radical. It's radical. <laughs> Praise the so Lord. You might say, I don't like radical religion. Well, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about knowing God, knowing God. Yeah. Knowing knowing God. God. Yes. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. It's radical. It it's amazing. Yes. It's good. Yeah, and like I Jesus know. said, it satisfies. Yes. <laughs> it satisfies. Oh, it Amen. satisfies. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed are the pure in heart. Purity of heart is what God is after. Yes, he is. He's not after perfection in your actions. Meaning All of us, myself, first to raise both hands, have messed up, will probably mess up. Uh, You know, we're we're bound to make a mistake at some time. You know, say something wrong, do something wrong. (laughs) He's not looking. God is not up in heaven looking and saying, nope, they messed up. I'm going to strike them down. He's not looking for our perfection. He's looking for our heart Amen. to be pure Amen. towards Him. Amen. He's looking for, we used this word last week, what is our attitude toward Him? Yeah. Amen. Right? Amen. How do we look to Him? Is it with a pure heart, meaning there's no ulterior motive than to love him, to serve him, to do what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Last week, we talked about a little gal named uh, Rebecca, right? Rebecca, she was, um, she was a gal who uh, was just, you know, living our life. And there was a man named Abraham who had a son named Isaac in the book of Genesis. And Isaac was getting older, but still hadn't found a wife. Abraham, his dad, was getting older and said, we've got to take care of this situation. (laughs) I have a couple 20-year-olds myself. Sometimes I feel like I might need to take care of some situations, but Not my place, not that society. Back then, they arranged marriages. (laughs) I won't get into that. Praise the Lord. Lord. (laughs) But, you know, Abraham says, calls his main servant, the head of his household, so to speak, and he says, you need to go back to my homeland. You need to find a wife for Isaac because he's not moving fast enough. (laughs) and I'm about, you know, I'm getting old, I can't do this, so you need to go, and so he sends his servant, and if you remember the story, when he gets to the town that Abraham tells him to go to, he told him to go back to his hometown, where his, where he was raised, where his family was from, he gets there to the well, and he says, Lord, give me favor, help me find the right one and he said you know the he went to the well because that's where all the young women of the village would go out to get water at the evening time they'd go out to get water to bring it back so that the family would have water um, for thank god we live god knew amen God knew me, and he put me in the year 2022, thank God. Running water, electricity, I'm thankful. But that's their job. They had to go get water. And the servant says, Lord, when when these girls come out, the one I ask for a drink from, you know, make her say, I I won't just give you a drink, but I'm going to water all your camels. He brought 10 camels with him to go find this wife, he said, I'm going to water your camels too. So the the servant asks Rebecca, she comes out, Bible says, we read it last week, she was fine looking. She was very attractive, the Bible says. That's always a good, good feature. Come on, that's a good feature for a wife. And so he goes, oh, this is going to be good. So he asks her for a drink. And the Bible says, well, let's just look there. Praise God. Hallelujah. That was in Genesis 24. Genesis 24, verse 17. It says, Then a servant ran to meet her and said, Please give me a little water to drink from your jar. And she said, Rebecca said, Drink, my lord. And she quickly let down her jar upon her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran again to the well to the well to draw water, and she drew for all his camels. Now, this was a several-day journey that the camels had just made. They can go several days without drinking. They just crossed a desert. Now, they get there, and this young gal says, I'm going to water your ten camels just because. And I just love how the Bible says she quickly did this. She quickly did. She ran back to the well to get more water. And she was hustling. You know, uh, we own a business and we have some employees. We really like the employees that know how to hustle. Amen. Come on. That aren't taking eight hours to do a four-hour job. Mm -hmm. And making up excuses of why it took... This gal, she... (laughs) I won't go. We will, that's all we'll say about that. She quickly did this. And she went above and beyond what she needed to do. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To bless somebody. To service somebody. To help somebody that she didn't even know. But because her heart was generous. She had a Purity to her. There was no motive behind this except genuinely wanting to help. The next thing you know, the servant is getting down on his knees and thanking God for prospering him. He gets up and opens up one of the packs on one of the camels and starts pulling out jewelry. Mm. <laughs> Bible says she got bracelets. She got rings for her nose and earrings, and she got all kinds of stuff. And then they wound up going back to her her house, and he pulls out stuff for the mom, for the brother, and he starts telling them, I want to take her to be wife for my master's son. (laughs) And they all realized this is God, and they said, Okay. Let's do this. It's going to be good. And then the mother says, and I'm a mom, I get this. The mother in in chapter 24, verse 55, it says, her brother and her mother said, let the young woman remain with us a while, at least 10 days. After that, she may go. I understand that. I'm a mama, right? Uh, Give me a few days before you take her across the desert again and I never see her. Right? Mm -hmm. And the, the servant says in verse 56, do not delay me. Since the Lord has prospered my way, send me away that I may go to my master. And they said, let us call the young woman and ask her. In other words, Rebecca, what do you say? Do you want to just hang here for a few days, get used to this idea? Oh, come on now! See if we really want to do what God wants us to do. Should we? Should we hang here for a while? Should we write out the list of pros and cons to whether we really should go with this man? Should we uh, lingering around? That's not. That's not always a good idea. Yeah. Let us call and ask the woman. And, and verse 58 says they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? In other words, are you going to go right now? And look at what she said. I'll go. I'll go. I love that. You know, I love, there are a lot of little gals in this Bible that, that are just that way. One of them I'm thinking of is Mary, yes. Jesus' mama an angel appears and says blessed art thou young woman above all you're gonna have a kid and she goes um one question how's this gonna be since i'm a virgin i don't know a man and the angel says the holy spirit's gonna come upon you and she said okay Be it unto me according to your word. What is that? That is such a purity of heart. You said it, God. I believe it. Let's do it. Rebecca just said, I'll go. All right. You understand Abraham was the richest man on the earth at that time. Mm -hmm. Isaac, his son, was about to inherit all of that. Mm -hmm. Her attitude, her purity of heart, her willingness to help when she didn't even know all that the situation entails, it won her a position that she could have never gotten herself. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Mm -hmm. It says, he who comes to God must believe that he is. And he must believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Mm -hmm. God's a rewarder. Mm -hmm. God rewards those who go after him with all their heart. He rewarded Rebekah. For being pure in heart, mm-hmm. Hallelujah! Right. Can we look at one more? There are so many people in the Bible, but um, turn with me if you would to First Samuel, chapter sixteen. So many. I mean, we could talk about the Shunammite woman. We do many times who built the who built an addition on her house for the prophet. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, the things that people uh, would do just because they saw God at work. But in in, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, Saul had been king of Israel. He was their first king. And he didn't do such a great job. He had heart issues, talking about purity of heart. We're not going to go look at Saul right now. But in verse uh, 1 of chapter 16, the Lord said to Samuel, who was the prophet of the day, said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul since I've rejected him from being king over Israel? Samuel was having issues. This was their first king, and it didn't go very well. It went downhill quickly. Um, and it, And the Lord says to Samuel, "'Fill your horn with oil and go. "'I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, "'for I have provided for myself a king among his sons.'" And Samuel said, "'How can I go? "'If Saul hears it, he'll kill me.'" And the Lord said, "'Take a heifer with you and say, "'I've come to sacrifice to the Lord.'" And invite Jesse to the sacrifice And I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. So Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. "'Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice.' And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, "'Surely the Lord's anointed is before him.'" Now, Eliab was the oldest son of Jesse. Sure. And so, you know, Samuel's got this order from the Lord. You're going to go to Jesse's place. You're going to invite him to the feast And you're going to anoint one of his kids to be king. So he sees Eliab. You would think, just look at the oldest, right? And and he says, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. And verse 7 says, the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not... As man sees, man looks on the outward appearance, Hmm. but God looks where? On the, heart. on the heart. Samuel sees the oldest child and says, he's tall, he's good looking, he looks like a king. Oh, I won't meddle about how people vote. But, you know, sometimes they'll just say, oh, he looks like a president. God looks where? Not at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. Yeah. We've got to be careful about just making decisions based on what we see. Yes. And that's what God was teaching Samuel. I'm not after someone who looks like a good king. I'm after someone who has the heart of a king. Yes. Meaning a heart that's hungering and thirsting for God, a heart that's pure and wanting my best. Mm -hmm. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. You think that's still true today? Yes, Yes. I told you where I grew up in church... I call it a country club because really it was just, we could wear our pretty dress on Sunday and look good. And it was so much, I mean, I'm sure there were some lovely people there. So I'm not trying to bash anybody. But so much of it was surface. Mm -hmm. What you look like, how you appeared, the good deeds that you did before others. Everything that Jesus told us not to do. So when you do something good, you know, when you give to the poor, don't let your, your right hand know what your left just did. You know, you know we're not doing things before men. Mm-hmm. When our heart is pure, we're doing it because of him. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen? It's Amen. not what we look like. It's not what we sound like. It's not that we just showed up to church, although that's important. It is important to be in the right place, yes. right? Yes. But is our heart there? Is our heart for God? Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Yes. Verse 8 says, Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel, another son. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, Neither has the Lord chose, chosen this one. Why? Samuel's checking his heart with each boy that passes by. And he's waiting for God to say, Ding, 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 you've got a winner. And each time, it says verse 10, Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? He knows God said he's going to choose one of Jesse's. And these are the seven that have presented. And none of them are it. So Samuel makes the brilliant conclusion, there's got to be somebody else. Yeah. And Jesse says, There remains yet the youngest, but behold, he's keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, he had beautiful eyes, and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Amen. And Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God was looking for the man with the right heart. And if you read through 1 Kings and 2 Kings and the different accounts of David through, through, uh, throughout the generations... It will talk about the different kings that come after him. And it will say things like, he was a king after his father who had the right heart like his father David. It it compares all the kings to David. He didn't follow in the footsteps of his father David. It's amazing. They all look back to David. David. Not the first king. The first king was Saul. Mm-hmm. They look to King David because he was chosen by God yeah. because of his heart. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. A purity in heart mm-hmm. is what God is after. Yes, it is. We didn't get to so much today, so you'll have to come back next week. But I'll say this. One of the ways God rewards and promotes is when he sees your heart is for him and it's pure. And when he sees your heart is pure and sincere before him, he can raise you up. He can reward. He can bless in ways you can't even imagine. Yeah. I'm a living testimony of God's faithfulness Mm -hmm. in rewarding. He's so good and he loves you so much. And he wants to bless your life. Mm -hmm. He wants to fill your cup till it's overflowing. Our job is just to keep our heart towards him. Keep it open. Like I said, we don't have to be perfect. He's not up there wanting you to be exactly perfect. He's wanting your heart. And if He has your heart, He can teach you and unveil how to walk in what the Bible calls perfection, which is simply maturity. Amen. Amen? Why don't you stand to your feet? Jesus loves every one of the people on this earth. He loves you. Yes. Hallelujah! Yes, he and He wants Amen. to bless your life. Glory to God! So let's, um, if we could, let's close our eyes. And why don't you repeat after this prayer after me? Yes. Father,
1: Father, Father, my
0: heart is open. My heart is open to all that You would have. To all that You would have. I love You. I love You. And I want to serve you with a pure heart. Show me, Show me help, me, help me, lead me, lead me, lead me, and guide me, guide me in, your ways. in your ways. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Jesus name. Amen. 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 Come back next week. You don't want to miss. God will help us yes. get all that we need. Yes. You're dismissed. Join us in the back.